The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm the one-time Wake Award winner, Dan Mano, recording this portion of today's podcast from my bedroom studio up at my parents' house in Northbrook, Illinois. Still recovering from my Thanksgiving coma, but now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Performance Ski and Surf. If you're a wakeboarder, water skier, or just a toad water sports enthusiast like me, then you need to check out Performance Ski and Surf down in Orlando, Florida, or online at perfski.com. Performance has all the top brands like Ronix, Slingshot, O'Brien, and more, plus the staff is knowledgeable because they're toad water sports enthusiasts themselves. Again, check them out online at perfski.com. Their extensive website has photos and info on all the latest and greatest gear to get you on the water or snow. Next time you're in Orlando, be sure to stop in at Performance Ski and Surf. It's just minutes away from the Orlando airport and only a mile from the Orlando Water Sports Complex and Freedom Wake Park. Stop by, email, or call, and be sure to tell them I sent you and ask about the Dano deal of the day. Perfski.com online or at Perfski on all social media platforms. Talking about performance, ski and surf, you can find today's guest there just about any day of the week, the manager of performance, ski and surf, but even more than that, a good friend of mine, one of wakeboarding's hardest working athletes of all time, a veteran in her own right and past IWWF wakeboard world champion, my pal, Kathy Williams joins me on today's episode, episode 84 of the Golden Mike Podcast. I recorded this episode with Kathy over at her home on Clear Lake in Orlando, Florida. Her beautiful home. She fully remodeled it. It looks awesome. I'm so jealous. We talked about Kathy originally coming down to Florida in the early 90s and working at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon before discovering performance ski and surf and getting a job there and then finding wakeboarding and falling in love with wakeboarding and then it was a whole new world for that girl from Kentucky turned world traveler we talk about her success in the early Aussie pro tour days winning the IWWF worlds and a ton more I love Kathy 
We worked together at Performance Ski and Surf years ago. We've sung so many karaoke songs. We maybe even line danced a little bit. We've always just gotten along. We've clicked. We did record this episode outside of her house, so you will hear some lawnmowers in the background, maybe a couple of planes landing because the uh, airport, not the international airport, but the executive airport is pretty close to Clear Lake. So my boy Rich on the audio, he cleaned it up pretty well, and I think you guys are going to like it. All right, I did have an awesome Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm still up here in Chicagoland, as I mentioned up at the top. Another week before I head back down to Orlando, Florida. Before I did head up for Thanksgiving, I did announce the Slider Spectacular at OWC. 15-year annual event over there. Another successful cable event, roughly 45 riders, and many of them, believe it or not, came from outside of Florida. We had a ton of riders, including a collegiate team from Texas out there. Then I flew up to Chicago, and the night before Turkey Day, my babe Jane and I, we went downtown Chicago and saw comedian, pro wrestler Colt Cabana and his comedy partner Marty DeRosa along with Sarah Shockey at North Bar in Chicago. It was a really funny wrestling comedy show. There was no actual wrestling going on. If you guys don't know, Colt Cabana is the guy who inspired me to start my podcast. And it was good to see him live, and he's always entertaining. I recommend, even if you're not a wrestling fan, maybe give his podcast a listen to. It's called Art of Wrestling. Thanksgiving, I probably gained about 10 pounds, so I'm ready to shred it off as soon as I get back down to Florida. But last weekend, I was up in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And believe it or not, guys, the weather up north, it's been really, really mild so far this late fall, moving into the early winter. I did attend an event over there. I got on the microphone for about five minutes. Uh, Freezing for a reason is the contest, formerly known as Freeze for Life. They were raising money for the Santa Cause, which gives charity to, I believe, 12 different charities around southeastern Wisconsin. And although I didn't shred in it or fully announce the event, uh, it's probably going to be my last event of the year. It was just enjoyable seeing my uh, old Aquanut friends there and just all my Wisconsin people in general. Hey, if you guys are looking for a holiday gift, I still do have a handful of the Golden Mike Podcast dad hats, stickers, buttons, and now magnets available. If you message me through Facebook or email me at goldenmikenoiseofthenorth.com, I can give you any information, send you photos and pricing on all that. Also, watch out as next week I will announce on Facebook this year's Golden Mike Podcast December Virtual Holiday Swag Toss. Last year I sent out, I believe it was somewhere around 29 mystery boxes, a few thousand dollars worth of prizes. What will I do this time? Only time will tell. Before we do move on any further, I want to remind everybody the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of each and every month. Find us and listen on demand anytime, wherever it is that you do your podcast listening. We are online at noiseofthenorth.com, now available on SoundCloud. Also, the Golden Mike Podcast is available on iTunes. Every episode is available. Just search the Golden Mike Podcast right there on the podcast app on your iPhone. If you guys are an Android user, you can also download just about any podcast app there. And again, search us, subscribe, rate, review the show. 
help keep these analytics up. If you guys have any questions, just shoot me an email. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listeners, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Footin.com, GoPuck, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, Conley, Leadwake, Ronix, O'Brien and Slingshot. Be sure to follow me on social media, Instagram at Dano T Mano, on Twitter at the Dano T Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. Reach me through email again, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. On to today's audio montage. It is from stop two of the 2017 Malu Boats Evolution Pro Series from Austria. Hear all the live audio I got at the Malibu Boats and WWA Vienna Pro. Enjoy that. And then I'll be back with Kathy Williams right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. I'm standing here with the Director of Sales of Malibu Boats, Mr. Scott Davenport. Your thoughts on this weekend's event, Stop 2, the Evolution Pro Series. You know, Dana, we're pretty excited to be here. We basically combined this with our European dealer meeting, so we had a lot of European dealers out here and a lot of VIP guests. Pretty exciting weekend, pretty special time, and... We're looking forward to doing it again, so good stuff. Jeff Langley, talk a little bit about this stop of the Evolution Pro Series. Great getting to watch the guys ride behind the M235. There was a huge current uh, that was pretty challenging. It took us a day or two to get it figured out, but boys came through and put on a show in finals. It was awesome. Malibu Pro Team rider Brian Grubb. I'm standing here with him right now. Yeah, we had a great time. They had uh, wake surfing um, also and wakeboarding here at the event, so I rode in the wake surf stuff, which was really cool. It's the way behind the M235 is huge and uh, pretty challenging conditions for uh, the guys and the girls, but everyone rode pretty well. Dowdy killed it. I mean, he had eight great tricks and super clean, and, and uh, yeah, so it was a fun weekend, and we're looking forward to going to Japan in a couple weeks. Tom Fouché, man, I don't think we've ever seen conditions like this. Dano, you know, this event was all about strategy, man. The current out there, that was a first of a kind that we've really seen. So it was really cool to see the riders take advantage of going against it one way and going with it to the other. So uh, it really, again, you know, the smartest rider came out number one. But uh, I was stoked to see it all here, right here in Vienna. Malibu Pro Team Athlete, Stacia Bank. Hey, Dano, thanks so much. It was so fun. It's my first time in Vienna, and to go home with a win makes it even sweeter. Team and Events Manager, Brian Thomas. Super positive weekend. Loved it out here in Vienna. Vienna Pro was a humongous success. Can't wait to see what happens in Japan. Next stop, Lake Biwa. Here we come. Ali Jerome. It's a new venue for everyone. And the craziest part about it is every time you rode it, it was a different course you had to ride. Because up current, down current was a very big game changer. And the water level was changing by the hour. So every time you rode, it was a different site. But this is going to put everything even closer in the men and in the women. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in, uh, in Japan. Raphael Jerome. I rode pretty good in, in uh, semifinal. But then in finals, uh, my back was kind of bugging me. I kind of went too big on my semifinal run. And then my toe back five kind of hurt it a little bit. I did the best I could do. And after my first fall, I think I meant maybe like mentally gave up. Rapid stop number one. And here at stop number two, you are first off the dock. How difficult does that make it? 
for you setting the tone for the rest of the field? I don't mind it. That's what I did in the Factory Pro at, in Tennessee, and that's what I mostly do because I don't uh, have any ranking because I only do two or three contests a year. So I'm good with going first. I put pressure on people, and I do my run, focus on what I do, and I don't really care about the rest. How did you feel about the outcome from today's event, seeing Dowdy, Noah, and Harley up there on that podium? I was really happy for Dowdy because his family's here, and I was happy to see him you know, being happy with his family, celebrating the victory. And I know like he's been working hard and rarely gets to beat Harley, so I think he was pretty happy. Noah Flegel, dude, talk a little bit about your journey this weekend. I had a lot of problems with my passport on the way here, and I got here literally a few hours before I rode for the first time to make both podiums and win wake surf and get there in wakeboard. I was just, I'm stoked to go to Tokyo in uh, second position for the overall series, and I'm going to try and take the win. Megan Ethel. You know, Dano, the final was insane. Um, the conditions were absolutely crazy out there, but all the girls are really able to throw down and pull through. To, so, yeah, I'm stoked to be able to get on the podium fun times this weekend. Rockstar athlete Nicola Butler taking your second win on the Evolution Pro Series for 2017. Yeah, it was hard out there, but the girls still stood up and like rode so good. So it was uh, the heat was on. I was out right after Megan Ethel, and she pretty much stood up two passes with just one fall at the end. So I knew I had to turn it on. I had to do some mobs. Ended up doing toe five and heel five, which I was really stoked with, and standing up two passes and taking the win here. Harley Clipper, talk a little bit about that final yeah that was a difficult final you know we came into this weekend and i know everyone's been training all week but you can't really train for these conditions no one knew what was going to happen and uh we all went out there and sent it and mike dowdy sent it the best today and uh, stoked for him to grab the win dirty mike dowdy dude congratulations talk a little bit about that final the conditions and vienna in general yeah vienna has actually been awesome it's been one of my favorite cities to travel to um all the people are super friendly i love all the cafes and everything like that um yeah, the conditions at the event were really rough. I mean, there was crazy rollers and crazy wind, and the semifinals looked like, you know, it was going to kind of be a gong show, but then it kind of glassed out for the finals, and everyone gave it their best efforts, and uh, Harley had some crashes, and I came out with the win, and yeah, I'm just stoked to be here. Lead wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind. Lead wake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom designed lead wake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake without having to fill excess water bags or move your friends around. You can buy lead wake in multiple sizes, but I recommend the 50 pounders and so do some of the biggest names in wake, including Danny Harp and Sean Murray, just to name a couple. Lead wake ships free anywhere inside the USA. You can find out more and order online at leadwake.com. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E.com. Lead wake. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. I kind of want to get like the build up into it all. So you're from Kentucky, yeah. Um, and what what are you doing in Kentucky? You're there through college. Yeah, I'm there, and I wanted to take a break from college. Uh, long story short, uh, my sister had cancer and she went into remission. And that whole time she was in, had cancer, I spent a lot of time in the hospital with my mom, um, all those kind of things. And once she kind of went into remission, it kind of gave me the okay to have a break myself. So I came to Orlando, uh, got a job as a lifeguard, as you do, you know. Like at Disney? At Disney. And um, 
Yeah, just kind of did the lifeguard thing for about four or five years. Where were you working, like Blizzard Beach or something? Or? Um, Typhoon Lagoon. <laughs> you know, and all the English people be like, oh, it's Baywatch. Because I'd wear like my my uh, little straw cowboy hat, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and those were good times. It was fun. But, you know, working for the mouse is a total different, you know, corporate deal. And unfortunately, I felt like a little, a number. And I've always exceeded in like smaller businesses, more family oriented. Not that Disney's not family oriented. Obviously it is, but it's corporate. Sure. And so um, I was working Surf Expo. Um, what were you doing Surf Expo? Uh, well, just lifeguarding during the whole, because a lot of times what will happen during Surf Expo, Billabong will rent out Typhoon Lagoon and they do surf, like a surf night. And you would have Slater and you'd have the Hob, uh, Hobgoods or whatever, yeah. and then uh, Fletcher's, and they would go out there and surf. Well, during that time, I met the guys from Salty Dog Surf Shop, and they're like, yeah, we're gonna open up a store, come in and check it out. I ended up working part-time there, and then doing the whole lifeguard thing. So you're lifeguarding, are you getting into surfing at all at this point? Or you oh yeah, I was surfing the wave pool, but that was it. I didn't really surf the beach, so I kind of learned to surf in the wave pool. <laughs> How long was it before you surfed the ocean? Um, it was probably not too long after, because once I got up in the in the wave pool, I was like, sweet, like, let, let's take this out to the ocean. A lot different, you know, because... The jellyfish? <laughs> no, I didn't really care about the, the animals or anything. It was more like, because it's a beach break, so you think it's building up. It's about timing, basically. Because in the wave pool, it breaks the same spot every time. You just sit there, paddle, paddle, you're up, and you're gone. Right. Go out to the beach. And it's a quick ride. And it's a quick ride. And it's a concrete bottom. So with those factors being in, I was down to go to the beach, but it was a lot more difficult. Sure. Yeah. So where did, so a Kentucky girl, Murray, born and bred, and <laughs> you, you, you finally get out, you come down to, you come down to Florida, and so when and where does the wakeboarding set in? Because here's something that I know. You and I worked together at performance for quite some time. We did. But you came into performance in the mid-2000s. Actually, as like, 95. Well, I was going to say, but you came back in the mid-2000s yeah. like alumni employee. Like you had already been in the mix. You already knew you knew what to do. So mm-hmm. so you just said it right there. 1995, you started working at, at performance. I mean, are you already wakeboarding? Or how no. do you get turned on to, the, to performance? So the whole Salty Dog kim from before we would send people to performance because the owner said oh yeah they've got wetsuits blah 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 so i heard about performance so then i became a customer later on you know throughout the years or whatever and i walked into performance one day and they were just slammed like just jamming the height of of probably weightboarding when it first started and i just simply said to bill the owner i was like man looks like you guys could use some help and he just slams an, empl- an employee app at me. I take it, we just kind of have a giggle, don't really think too much about it, because I'm still at Typhoon at this point. And then I go home that night and I just kind of look at it. I, I go ahead and fill it out. And I thought, what the hell, I'll just take it in there. And um, just dropped it off and I get a phone call. And he's like, this is like a Tuesday. And he's like, can you come in Friday? It's like, sure, you know. The next day, so it's Wednesday, he goes, can you come in tomorrow? Like, <laughs> I guess they're like really needed help. Right. Right. So we sit down, have a talk, and next thing you know, I'm 
working at performance. Get into the introduction of, of okay. wakeboarding. So do you, do you ski first? Do you wakeboard first? And like, how quickly did you go from being Kathy Williams, who works in the pro shop, to Kathy Williams, like aspiring pro rider? Okay, so I get hired in 95 in the fall, I think. And so I just started playing around with stuff that winter. And then this is before OWC as well. This is way before OWC. And then, um, of course, videos like Hit It and uh, Spray Spray and all that was kind of happening. So I was watching those and I thought it's how cool. You didn't see a lot of girls. Were you, but the girls you did see, were you being inspired by them? For sure. Back then it was Andrea Gayton. She was the big pro at that time, at least to me. And, um, Probably a year later, I really fell in love with wakeboarding because it was, to me, I don't want to say it was easier, but from someone that only swam, like, because I used to swim on a national level, like, I've always been just swimming. So to actually have a board strapped to my feet was kind of strange. And I, I like the speed. I like the air. I like the style factor. I just loved everything about it. And I like having a easier, bunch of people on the boat, like having your friends in there. Easier compared to like surfing, like like ocean surfing, are you saying? Or it's definitely easier, than, easier than surfing in the ocean. I mean, there's a lot of skill involved with, you know, not taking away from it. It's super fun. I love to surf. I've surfed all over the world. But when it came, you're talking about a country girl that started working at a pro shop and something that I really like loved I used to skateboard when I was little but not to any extreme that they probably do in cities or anything like right. that it was country country skateboard and yeah, I try to do handstands on it right so um, but at any rate just uh, making that connection of getting air and the freedom behind the boat and just I loved it all how quickly were you able to progress on the wakeboard um, I would probably say a year you know and in the sense that it went from getting up for my first time to getting upside down was probably, well, I mean, I was trying anyways, whether I could like make it or not. I was still trying to throw my head and get upside down, jump the wake. But I would probably say a year because I started in the winter time and it's cold, right? So by the time spring's coming, I'm already jumping the wake, doing those things, 180s, and, I understand, and now I'm like, trying rolls. And, and stuff. I understand you didn't even get on a wakeboard till you were like 25, 27, 27 years old. Yeah. So like, like nowadays you look at it and you see like Megan Ethel, you know, she's breaking pro, into pro at 11 years old. Holly, you know, Holly Waldrop, who's 12 years old, and the girl's yeah. doing tantrum to blind. I mean, obviously, I saw that the other day. The Can't level win. is the level is like it's a completely it's a completely different place. But I mean, in those in those days. To be a pro women's rider, you needed to come out of the gates. You needed to have a th- like a 360, a 180, and a couple of inverts. Tantrum, back roll, 360, toe back roll. You know, it's just, and hardly, nobody was really doing rallies or front flips until Tara Hamilton came along. Right. Uh, sometimes I wonder, like, in women's riding, if, like, uh, maybe we saw that, like, where girls were kind of pushed, like, to maybe go out and, like, say, like, learn a back roll before you learn say like a backside 180 or sure. something yeah and because it's easier to do a toe side front roll than the jump the wake toe side right exactly you just come railing in on a nice edge so right so like no in hindsight control involved in hindsight well, like going is, <laughs> like in hindsight like going back um would you have like as far as like getting started and trick do something based, different would you fundamental like, wise? yeah fundamental wise no because i was 27 man 
You know what I mean? Like when I was 27, the girls were between 14 and 27. Right. Or 20s, right? And they were pretty much stopping when they're 30 to have babies and probably get a, a career. Were you expe- <laughs> at 27 years old and you're getting mm-hmm. on this uh, wakeboard? Were you like expecting, hey, holy smokes, there might be a pro career ahead of me? Not at all. I got excited and I've always been competitive always been competitive like i said swimming on a national level i did the whole junior olympics thing and and band i was a band geek that sort of thing too so lots of competition there um but at the end of the day i just wanted to see how good i could be and thomas gustafson who's a great photographer in the our world of uh, weightboarding he saw me ride and he basically said hey if you're to train you could be pretty good and he gave me a great opportunity to go to italy and train, work for the ski school, work for him, and be able to compete on the European Pro Tour. How did it go? Um, I sucked, officially. Like, I, I think I fell on my second pass on toe side weight jump. <laughs> like, so, guess what I did? I rode switch, right? <laughs> I get up and I just ride the rest of the thing, switch and hillside regular, whatever I was doing. And I think I could maybe do a back roll and a 360. Were you, you end up uh, getting Every any standings or like uh, any? I never stood up two passes to save my life, right? So no podiums. No podiums. <laughs> I don't think I had a podium. I, I've been trying to think about these things, and I, I really cannot remember. Um, because, I mean, what, we're in 2018 right now? Yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. So, um, And we're I, talking 98. <laughs> we're talking 97. So I come back 97 uh, in time for nationals. U.S. You come US back to the U.S. Nationals. And so I go for it. And wouldn't you know it, it's the first time I stand both my passes and I win the national championships. And were you riding pro women that time? No. Or? This okay. was just women, what, amateur women sure. or whatever. And then... Uh, but at least there was but there was a pro division and sure, an amateur women. There was a pro division. Because I think there was a time not too long before that where there wasn't even yeah, I separate think divisions. women were maybe... I don't think it was their first year, but it might have been their second. Right. I'm not sure. We'd have to talk to Sonia about that, sure. or, you know, or one of the girls. So, um, and so I went to Worlds, and I'll be damned if I didn't stand up my run again. And so I won the World Championship. So you're 97 amateur women's <laughs> national World Championship. And honestly, I just sat there and just, th- I didn't give myself any credit in the sense that I was just like, I'm 27 years old. I basically just started weightboarding, and I've done this right. So that's how that was. Now, I know that you've been on both circuits. I have. And I also know that you're in Europe, um, especially in the 90s or late 90s and, you know, early 2000s, IWWF is slightly bigger. Right. So um, talk a little bit about, because I know that you've got some, in fact, I know that you are currently holding us uh you've got a seat right on the board of Um, the so i'm the usa whiteboard director okay and i also sit on the pan-american council so which i think is a good thing because it is i'm not against the iwwf but i do think that there are some people sitting inside of there that are slightly uh um maybe disattached is the word disconnected Disconnected is is what i'm trying to say I, i can understand that there's been a lot of flack between the two organizations and nobody's perfect um the one goal is once again to get feet and bindings people behind the boat 
in any way, shape, or form that we can. Uh, help families grow, have fun together. Um, well, that's your goal. That's that, my goal. That's my goal. That's your goal. But ultimately, that's what should be both parties' goal. Right. And our sport is way too small for attitudes and pride issues or anything like that. So I'm kind of hoping because I've been a, I've been on both sides and I kind of am friends on both sides. I would like to think and I would say I feel like they. It's not that they like me, but maybe respect my ideas and what I have a true passion for our sport. I'm hoping I can help bridge some way, shape, and form, if not now, in the future, yeah. to help our our two organizations, if if not come together, at least work together. Sure. Would be awesome. Absolutely. Because both parties have a lot to offer, um, not only our sport, but each other. No doubt. So. I, and, I, and I can agree. So let's talk about, because I know that you probably have some great experiences mm-hmm. on both sides of the... Um, of the fence when it comes to the um, people who run the events or the organizers sure. of the events, both yeah. the WWA and the IWWF. Um, I know like IWWF events, the World Cup events, that's where you kind of were able to like forge your, you know, relationships with the likes of like Dallas Friday right. and, and Amber Wing. And also, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think you've, you've had some uh, luck in the IWWF arena podium sure. wise on, in a few I mean events. you called it the fake worlds well, well I want it but this is the thing you also have to understand everybody has a chance uh, think about the Olympics I'm going to put it this way at the Olympics not there's a, we have a lot of great people like let's say snowboarding we have a lot of great snowboarders but there's only so many seats on that team right right for IWWF and their World Cup tournaments there's only so many seats each country can have come into that as well as on the world championship. So the opportunity is there. If someone doesn't step up to the plate, it's a lost opportunity on their end. Right. There's a, and let me tell you the, the, we're professionals. We're here to, to ride. And part of that is making money. I mean, that's how we pay our bills and that's how we look after our future. So, you know, if there's 10 grand for first place, that's not a bad. That's not a bad day out on the water. That's not you know, a, or and you're a bad off, month. <laughs> not a bad month, and you know what? And you're growing. You're following. Also, your future of coaching and and helping other people better their riding. I think it's a it's a great platform. Uh, WWA as well. You know, it's we're all doing our part, but I don't want to get there. To me, I'm not going to give any party any lesser value so when i won the world everybody had a chance to be there and the people that were there i beat them that day right i I rode the best okay so i hate to say that that sounded (laughs) didn't it i beat them now i rode it though but i rode the best that day right you know and i will take it you competed for a short period of time while they had women on the australian pro tour and you found some success over there in that as well and and took out some of the biggest names in the world today. So touch on your experience on that. So the first uh, couple winters that I spent over there um, surfing (laughs) and wakeboarding, kind of enjoying that, what the Aussies get to enjoy by coming over here and riding our circuit. Yeah, the perpetual summer. And I did, you know, 14 back-to-back summers for seven years. So within that... That is the executive airport flying by. <laughs> so um, 
by going over there in the midst of all that women became uh, they had the first year 2006 so I competed obviously because I'm there and I won the first year the overall the overall so I think I won the first shot, stop and then podium the rest except for maybe the last one and uh, I was pumped but at the same time I know how hard Amber worked to make that happen to get girls on the tour and really promote it and on all these things and uh, by all means I mean going forward she's definitely stood on the top of the podium overall and she's been quite the innovator and uh, the first woman to land many things you know sevens <laughs> so all kinds of sevens and hadn't she done a nine i think so i, I want to say she did a nine she's had a double flip off the kicker so right it's pretty sick um but i'll take it once again you know everybody's had their day and i think for me it's just about once again enjoying myself and taking it as far as that i can right and then realizing when it's time to go sure. <laughs> when to do a nice little graceful exit sure i didn't ghost out but a nice, nice, graceful. No doubt. Quick break from Kathy Williams, folks, to talk about SeaDeck Marine products. Get your boat looking brand new today with some custom SeaDeck non-skid traction on or in your boat, on your dock, or anywhere normally prone to slippery surfaces, even paddle boards and wake surfers. SeaDeck has a growing network of certified fabricators and installers covering the USA, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific, so all the Golden Mike podcast listeners can now get their boat sea decked easier than ever. Have a sea deck professional take your project from start to finish. Just head over right now to SeaDeck.com, find the custom button on the website, and look for the interactive map to locate that sea deck certified fabricator or installer in your area. Then schedule an appointment today. Check it out again. That's SeaDeck.com. And now let's get back to Kathy Williams right here on episode 84 of the Golden Mike podcast. Okay, so you've always been pretty strong with the women and done your best to promote the women's side and continue growing the women's side. Uh, First, the Australian Women's Tour and the Australian Pro Tour went away. Um, More and more women's um, events were being cut here in the state. Yeah, I was uh, in the last in, two X Games. Here in the States. Yeah. And uh, you, as well as a bunch of the girls, all it seems like you guys all started to kind of, I don't know, like band together and try to make your, your voices heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, since I would say 2009, I think we've seen uh, peaks and valleys mm-hmm. in women's wakeboarding uh, competition-wise. But... Um, I don't know if you could maybe like touch a little bit on uh, like uh, what it was like kind of going through those days and finding out like that maybe the women weren't going to have as many events. And we went from having all the events to two events, you know, to four events. Like it, it was just back and forth and everything was literally fighting tooth and nail, setting with the magazine, setting with the tour, uh, having all these meetings, meetings with Bish, meetings with, uh, I want to say Shannon, and all these people to try and keep women in the focal point. Um, when I first started, we ride at 7.30 in the morning. Our finals would be 
over before they even do the national anthem on the final tour day. Right. Well, our final was done. So people show up and be like, where's the women? Oh, they rode at like 1030 or something, right? So just to have that, like, can we at least ride after the national anthem? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I mean, who doesn't want to see girls getting upside down? Like, and my, my whole thing was you have to have a good balance. It can't be just a sausage fest. Like, I enjoy watching guys in boats, on the water, sitting here in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, there's, there's got to be a nice girl to compliment that. Right. And the girls riding, the thing was you had, it was a blessing and a curse because you have girls that would kick ass. You'd had Tara. There was such an extreme in the women's riding. There wasn't a consistent, strong riding. You had a girl that was killing it and consistent. She had the best coach in the world. She has the best training in the world plus great talent to go along with it, to exemplify it. And then you had girls trying their best with what they had, okay? So the tour sees it as like, okay, this person's just winning every single contest. Who's going to be second and third? Heard that for quite right. some time. Dallas is going to win. Who's- Dallas has been winning. You know, she's been injured. She comes back. She's kicking ass. Yeah, because she's awesome. Right. Okay? Of course she is. And but don't discredit all these other girls that are working hard and doing their best by taking these things away. The thing is, they're still better than the girls sitting on the shore. Right. They're still At least better, they're trying. And they're still making the little girls excited. And at the same time, too. And the, it, the boards tangible. are selling, right? The Their boards, boards are, selling. are selling. Holy crap. Girls boards are selling. They right? still are, right? And they still are. So the fact is what I love about wakeboarding as a whole is how, and what I said, the word tangible, how easy it is to approach a rider and talk to them and how easy it is for the riders to come to the, to the shoreline and talk to people. Like it's a way, I think it's a great sport to be involved in. And I think it's a shame that we're ha- showing a decline right now. Right. Right. But not in boat sales. <laughs> not in boat sales. Boats are killing it, and I love that for the same fact. Um, I want to go in another direction, but I'm not going to. Because <laughs> it's just about people driving boats. I just want them to be safe. Right. And stuff like that. I think there's some etiquette issues. Now yeah, that we course. have so much, many more boats out on the water, we have a lot of new boat owners buying these big old boats enjoying the water and that's great but there's some etiquette that needs to be happening of course of course right okay so but if let's talk about the girls right (laughs) so with the girls see this is what happens to me this is a podcast this is what happens in general happens we go off in many we go off in many different directions and it's just Uh, fine yeah but with the girls i just i think it's a great opportunity for them to have a career and writing and by the industry kind of keeping it towards the guys it's just really it saddens me really like I don't feel like 
the magazines necessarily supported the women like I would have liked to have seen them. I remember sitting in the office many times asking them, hey, you're doing this for the guys. Why don't you do it for a girl? We have beautiful girls on tour, all age ranges. Like when I was on tour from 14 to at that point, I'm 38 or 40 or whatever. I said, you could do something great. There's something for everyone for, you know, and keep it on the level of if they're old enough, sexy, without being slutty. Right. You know, and the younger girls, cute. Like, give the the readers someone to aspire to. And every girl has a cool story. Because you'll end up having them sit across from you telling you their cool story. And they're beautiful. And we, we see them in regular clothes and whiteboards and bikinis. Dress them to the nines. Like... Make them rock stars. You have that capability. But then they say, well, girls aren't subscribers. Well, probably, what's, what are they going to subscribe to? And plus, their boyfriends have that magazine issue, too. But if they started catering to a different audience, that audience would start buying the mags. But now we're going digital. Right. <laughs> yeah, of so, course. And now, even it's a better, even easier opportunity for them to do this with the girls. And I think some girls that are really pushing right now that I've seen specifically still is Amber, huge advocate, and uh, uh, Wait Caro, <laughs> Instagram. <Yeah>. Car- <laughs> Caroline, it, it's not Schoenfeld, is it? Are you talking Caro Car- uh, Ju- DeJupso? From- so yeah. I can't say her name. So yeah. DeJupso, so yeah. Caro's killing it. Like all these girls. Um, cable. Ange, Julia. Ange. Ange Schreiber. Yeah. Like all these girls are. She's just getting a lot of it, a lot of eyes on, on the sport. Yeah. You know. But and that's what it takes. Absolutely. And that's what we were trying to do through the magazines back in the day when it was the magazines that you relied on. But now social media, I hope, is helping the girls, and you know, cables helping a lot too. Right. Yeah, there was a great showing of, of females at the the Wake Park Worlds, Wake Park Nationals this year. And uh, I don't know, people people might say it's on the decline or something like that. I, I don't know. Personally, I go, I'm still announcing these contests and I'm still sitting there announcing for six to eight to 10 to 12 hours yeah. a day. So I, I, competitively, I think it's, it's still going on. And uh, I don't know, you're the one in the shop and I, yeah. I'm sure you you probably have a better idea of how many of these wakeboards are actually selling. But I know, you know, I go to Nautique and I've been to Malibu and I know that these guys are having to build new parts of their factories because they can't keep up. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, like on the board side, I mean, if uh, there's so many companies out there now and there's so many um, options for people to choose from. So from the retail side of things, you know, it's, it's definitely a decline, but there's more outlets for people to, and, to get what they want you know the information's out there absolutely i mean we don't have as many wakeboard camps anymore sure speaking of wakeboard camps and coaching Mm -hmm. and i know you've done quite a bit of coaching and you're you're still dabbling in it a little bit right yeah i still um get out of the country a bit so russia yani gavarupuruski so 
I'm not Russian. Yeah, the, I, I was going to try to say something, but I... <laughs> You'd probably say Nazarovia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cheers, right? Cheers. Drink up yeah, or whatever exactly. it is. Um, exactly. But I do my little bed and shred, so... Your bed and shred. So, yeah. so t- tell me, because I, didn't, I didn't, didn't even realize that... So you're running kind of like a bed and breakfast out of your place? Yeah, yeah, not really. It's kind of a word of mouth thing, right? Right. So well, now people are going to hear about it on the podcast. Yeah, so. that's right. So like no on my creeps. Instagram or whatever <laughs> hashtag, yeah, Kathy's Bed and Shred. So um, basically, when people come to town, it's it's not a weightboard school. It's not a camp. Well, because you don't it's, even have a boat. Uh, I do have a boat. Oh, you do? I have an old school boat, bro. You still have a boat? Yeah. You just don't it's keep it It's not a Tyga, sorry. <laughs> but you're not sponsored hey, by Tyga Hey, they didn't give anymore. me one, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I was lucky to have someone kind of sponsor me with a boat. It's an 07 X1 Mastercraft, so, which is the old X-Star hull, Sweet. right? And it's perfect. Where do you keep it? Uh, next canal over. Oh, so it's on the lake. Yeah, man. Great. Yeah. I had no idea. Once I built a boathouse, which I was going to do, but now I have a new beautiful roof. Yeah. So, you know, just keep our heads dry. But anyway. So, so the, tell us about the, the bed shred. Door. The bed shred, basically for when people want to come in town for vacation, want to have a cool little house on the water, got standard paddle boards, have a little little boozy paddle or whatever yeah, out whatever. on the lake. Um go out for a wakeboard and then on the weekends maybe head to miami or the beaches basically so they can explore florida and you go but on have the whole base trip? camp right here what's you, that you go on the whole trip you go down with them to miami or you send them off to miami if i have the days off and they want to invite me sure why not right. but no you know it's just a place that they can have to hang out and be comfy i have wi-fi i don't have cable so, but I got Wi-Fi, so, you is know, Is it more, is, uh, is uh, Kathy's bed and shred, is it more of like an adult thing or are you, like, families yeah, or whatever? Yeah, it, it's, well, families is okay, but it's really more for like, adults. who's your customer? Um, it's been couples just coming in or the single world traveler um, in the sense of just coming in or maybe there might be uh, a couple girls coming over from Australia and they want to stay here, but they want to wakeboard and they don't necessarily have gear. I can get gear and do all that. You're like a glorified B&B. It, that's it, man. But you Airbnb. Know, but then, it, but if somebody wants to go out for a ride on the lake, they're not just getting someone pulling them. If they want coaching, you know, I can, I can coach them, obviously. Slash also if they want to meet anybody in the industry. Yeah, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, pimp my my pro friends out or anything like that but you know it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities if amber was to show up i mean now she's at home and in, in uh, australia but you know whatever's whatever they want like i'm a good cook i love to cook i'm i cook uh, i have a very wide variety of skills in yeah. the kitchen so you're, you're a hospitable I'm, lady i'm an entertainer so i would love to just show people my favorite food spots if it's thursday night maybe go to cowboys or something every once in a while yeah Put the boots on oh yeah do a little line dancing, dancing. <laughs> I actually it. i don't line dance i suck at it but hey you know, one whatever. more thing we forgot to touch on what? wake nanny Wake nanny. Who is the wake nanny? <laughs> so the transition between getting out of wakeboarding uh, or gracefully exiting and then going back to performance, there was like a downtime where I still had sponsors coming in and all that kind of stuff. And I was coaching and doing clinics. Um, all my friends started popping out babies. 
and a lot of them are from out of the country and their families aren't here and you know they're trying to do the pro tour and uh, moms need helps they also need date night and they need a break from little guys and little girls so me being my age <laughs> I started babysitting you know everyone's sure I'll watch your kids you know so I've got Rusty's uh, Merrick when he was first born uh, so they could go on date night uh, Daniel Watkins and Chansey so they had little Taylor so I'd watch him then Darren Shapiro and Heather they had Ken so I'd watch him and then oh uh, Sanders Josh Sanders Josh yeah. Sanders so he had little Jet Sanders couple times i might double them up have a little jet sanders and uh taylor Watkins together i recall, I recall <laughs> joey medock running like uh like i don't know if it was like just the a standard. photo editorial on you or some sort of photo shoot and it was you with all, all of the, the babies. Little babies it was the second to last issue of the standard which was like a coffee table edition mag same to kind of what you uh union right right what union is so uh anyway yeah he did this epic epic photo of me and all the little people in there and I was thinking how funny would it be to get them together now and do that same photo oh that would be epic that would be insane. Be super cool that would be really yeah, cool yeah so that was fun that was wait nanny yeah yeah and with uh Will Smith Dean and Amber's little guy uh, she kind of came back in Dallas in Dallas I was I just held Sean Yes, uh, yesterday. Dallas, Dallas's newest baby. Yeah. She's got oh, two, I'm saying. Oh, he's beautiful. He is so cute. I got to go over there and say what's up. I, Who says, oh, your baby looks like a monkey? Nobody. She was. But she, they are gorgeous. I, I gorgeous, was, sweet. Sean is just a perfect little angel. I recorded with Dallas back in June, and I know she had the baby in September, but she looked like she was ready to pop in June. And Dude, she looks like she's ready to kick some butt out in the water right now. I bet she is. She is a true like athlete she's like stretch armstrong I, i'm probably telling my age if nobody knows what that is but it's like a toy you stretch it out and just goes back and it's got like six pack that's dallas well okay so you remember she she was she had her ba- first baby she was out for a few months and then she showed up at worlds and she yeah. won yeah. and then and then like a week later we find out she's like not a week later but <laughs> you know we find yeah. out she's pregnant again yeah. you know not yeah. soon after that and then she had missed this whole entire summer mm-hmm. um but yeah i wouldn't put it past her to come back and and win it again she'll be back i bet she'll be back she's she was already talking about when she can get back on the water it's beautiful um I know one other thing you wanted to talk about, one of your other heartfelt activities, so to say, you're, um, you save dogs, right? I do save dogs. Or is that what they call it, saving dogs, or what do uh, they call adopting. it? Adopting. Well, so, well, yeah, so I used to rescue. Rescue, that rescue is the word. Rescue greyhounds. So, basically, um, when I kind of came off the tour, I was still doing some traveling and doing this sort of thing, and, you know, I was living by myself, and I was just like, my neighbors had these greyhounds and I just, I heard the whole story of how they, how this happens. They race and when they're finished racing, some get put down if they're lucky, as far as euthanize. Other ones are... If they're lucky. Yeah. So like they treat them, oh, it's horrible. So at any rate, they'll either get euthanized or they'll get hung or they'll put them out in a pasture and just let them starve. Like it's total, like it's insane. 
Like, it is insane. And most people just know greyhounds as race dogs. They, they just know them as race dogs. I have no idea what happens to them afterwards. But also, I mean, they're anything. like, like I, don't, I don't know if your dog is like a service dog or anything like that. But like, I was just, your dog came up to me and just doesn't even know me. And it's loving me. And can, oh, my God. Like, they love human affection. Absolutely love human affection. Because you got to think about this. Greyhounds are raced. They're kept in these cages that really aren't big enough for their body size right and they race or i mean i could be wrong about what happens today but from what i understand is that they get out every three or four hours to relieve themselves or to train and they race every third or fourth day right so that's why they want to run because they've been cooped up in this little cage away and they've been bred to run and they they, i mean these dogs are from ancient egypt times they're over two thousand years old of this breed and um they're fast and what i love about uh, my dog meg before her was taffy but basically taffy was my 10th rescue and what i would do is basically take these dogs in from the adoption agency just to kind of help relieve them to just help them and what they do is when you adopt a dog or not adopt a dog but when you start rescuing dogs basically the adoption agency pays for the food the med bills all that stuff until they can get adopted out so I would take one dog at a time until they got adopted out and then my 10th dog was Taffy and I swear like when I got her I called my mom two weeks later and I said I am so screwed and she's like what and I said I think I've been adopted and I was like, we are just alike. We're big for females. We're blonde. We're ex-athletes. And we have scars all over our bodies. Like, it, we're perfect for each other. And so I had her for like seven years. And she passed about two years ago. And then I was ready last year. I thought I was ready. And I took on Meg. And I cried all the way to the car because I said, I don't think I'm ready. And I'm like, I got this dog and I'm taking it to my car. And she's awesome. These dogs are loving because they've all been uh, handled by handlers. So they're used to human touch and they're always around other dogs and stuff. So most of them are quite social, uh, sociable, and they just love, they'll be your little shadow. But they make great, great, great house pets but like any dog that is uh, more of an adult stage that's not just a racing dog but any dog it's great to maybe take them in the house for a week or two to see how they meld with the family and really talk to the adoption agency to make sure it's right for your for your situation because some of the dogs do have separation anxiety sure you know and if you have a cat maybe not the best breed to have in your house I bet. but some are cat friendly Mine is not. I don't squirrels. I don't have a problem with squirrels in my yard. I bet you don't. No. And and your dog is so fast that <laughs> she's if so I, fast. I feel bad for any squirrel that comes she's back here. She's Meg fast. Yeah, she's quick. Her uh, race name was Megalite. She's awesome. Yeah, man. Congrats. She is. Thanks. All right, Kathy. Um, before we finish this, yes. Um, if anybody wants to come out to a bed and shred, yeah. Kathy Williams. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to come, they can email s- me at Kathy at KathyWilliams.com. And then if anybody wants to come and see you at performance and get hooked, do you give do you actually give out the Dano deal of the day? I do give out the Dano deal How of the day. How often does it happen that somebody comes in and says During a gravel tour? Yeah. Yes. Uh, in a podcast. Yeah. Sometimes if you people. were sometimes people come in and then I'll say, So what is it? <laughs> what? No. If I know it sure, yeah. 
What is the Dano deal today? Usually you make it up right there on the spot, right? No, usually you and Bill have, have the hard word and then you come up with some kind of grand scheme of things and then I get this email and then this text and then this picture and and then it happens and people come in and they'll be like, I want the Dano deal today and I'll look at my piece of paper and I'm like, okay, so you get 15% off, you know, like yeah. well, let's just best you want in the Let's store. just do it right now since, yeah. since this is coming out in the winter. Uh-huh. This is, you and I are going to make an executive decision over Bill right now. Okay. If anybody hears this podcast and listens, we'll give them, let's just say we'll give them until May 2018. If they hear this podcast Mm -hmm. and they call Performance and talk to you and say they want the Dan or Deal of the Day, how about you give them 15% off any vest, 15% off any wetsuit? How about this? If you call and you ask for me, Kathy, and you said... I want Dano's deal of the day. I heard you guys on the podcast. I'll give you 15% on any soft good in the store. That's ropes, handles, gloves, vest, clothing. Boom. Boom. Just like that. Super easy. Just like that. Super easy. Just call me. Say, I want Dano's deal of the day. I love it. And I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. Hopefully the the lines will be buzzing. (laughs) Make it happen. Make it happen. Um... And know- come see me. Come into the store because I'd love to show anyone in the store. We have a great shop, and um, I've been, I'm the shop manager now. I've gone from just a little old salesperson to the World Cup to being a manager. Yeah, it's a beautiful <laughs> hey, It's a hey, And it's coaching, cool. man. Hey, I'm living my passion once again. Just trying to give back in the form of a Dano deal of the day. <laughs> yeah, <I love laughs> give it, it back to our riding community. Hey, are you having With fun? Discount? I'm having a great time. Then you win. I do win. All right, Kathy, you've had some support <laughs> over the years. I'm sure some of these people still support you. I'm sure you just want to give them some love. So For sure. sponsors or anybody you want to throw love to. Of course, Bill Porter, because he hired me at the shop and helped me gain my knowledge and um, introduced me to the lead, the industry leaders like Paul O'Brien, bless his, his soul. And, uh, you know, Paul now running radar. Uh, Dallas and Amber, Andrea Gaten, all those girls for being themselves. That's what I love so much about the girls. And uh, to Thomas Gustafson as a photographer and a best friend, helping me in my Euro days. So, yeah. Very cool. I think that's pretty much uh, the key players. And believe it or not, I didn't mention anything about Ron Thompson. Ron Thompson, he's a slalom skier, dude, that would let me come out and ride at his ski school. Basically, if I uh, sent somebody to a ski school, then he'd let me bring a tank of gas. Like, just bring a gallon of gas or whatever and ride. A gallon? Well, you know, like a, a can. Yeah, five gallons. <laughs> five gallons. Hey, it was cheap as, you know, yeah. like, what? Well, last Three summer, bucks. Yeah, something. last summer, five gallons would have only been about nine bucks or something like that. It was, Good Lord. Yeah, it, was, it was a beautiful summer. <laughs> yeah, uh, so anyways, all right, and uh, social media, anything like that? Um, what, like my Facebook? Yeah, Facebook, okay. Instagram. Where my Instagram is spelled out, kathywilliams.com, because I'm just so creative. <laughs> but do you even have kathywilliams.com anymore? I do. Oh, well, I pay for it, but... So my site got hacked, right? And it cleared everything because oh, I had a free version of WordPress, right? Because I didn't do it because I am not tech savvy. So if there's anybody out there that would like to 
just make me a simple website so I actually have a face on my website that I pay for every year. That'd be awesome. Talk to my dad. Okay. Benny, I will help Kathy out. That's what okay. he would say. But I can get my emails. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> so Kathy at KathyWilliams.com. Uh, yeah. KathyWilliams.com on Instagram, Instagram, on Facebook. On Facebook, it's just Kathy Williams. And then there's Kathy Williams Bed and Shred here in Orlando. Yeah. Kathy's it's, Bed and Shred. You won't find it anywhere, just on Instagram. Or on you the just, Golden Mike podcast. You, know, you can go to your podcast. You can go to my Facebook whatever yeah. boom there it is oh yeah kathy i really really appreciate you for uh hosting me here at your house and thank you for being on the podcast you're welcome thanks dano all right guys we'll be back with more right here on the golden mike podcast thanks a ton to kathy williams Woodrose is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrose handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O, 3-0 at Woodrose.com for 30% Set off everything. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E dot com. GoPuck, the leader in wearable power. GoPuck is the ultimate personal power solution to charge all USB-powered devices. Designed for those with an active lifestyle, you're able to clip, strap, or mount the power wherever you need, giving you the ability to easily rapid charge your devices multiple times hands-free. Three size options are available online at gopuck.com and you can use promo code MANO30 at checkout for 30% off. Again, that's MANO30, M-A-N-O-3-0 at gopuck.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. What a cool girl. Love Kathy and the Stokes to have her on. Hope you guys take her up on her bed and shred. I promise you'll have a blast. And how about that offer for performance skiing? So 15% off on all soft goods when you mention this episode all the way to May 2018. Get it and enjoy. Well, no major events coming up as of now, but I do know that I will be back in Acapulco, Mexico in early February, hope to see some of you folks out there. And then later on, mid-February, I'm going to be in Detroit for the Detroit Boat Show with my friends at Step Up Productions, another Step Up Productions all-star wakeboard rail jam. But if anybody listening is interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, or appear at your next event, maybe you just want to advertise in the Golden Mike podcast or ask me any question in general, email me, goldenmike, at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me, once again, through the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook and that's also the best way of purchasing official Golden Mike podcast hats, stickers, magnets and more. I also have the December virtual holiday swag toss coming up so don't miss that. But right now please remember to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike podcast on iTunes or the podcast app on Apple or Android devices. Just search for the app in the App Store and once you find it 
Search the Golden Mike Podcast on there. Find us, rate us, review. Also, you can find all 80 plus episodes on SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Instagram at Dano T Mano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. Thanks again to Kathy Williams. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf. GoPuckFootin.com, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, Conley, Ronix, O'Brien, Slingshot Wakeboards, Jenna Carruth on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and I appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. Again, I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Lamano, and you can hear me next time right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.